What's up, party people? It's Talib Kweli, the BKMC, the MCEO. I love the fact that y'all checking out the People's Party and showing us a lot of love. You know what we do? We bringing you all the live guests. We bringing you the best podcast on the internet. Just make sure you subscribe and leave a review. People's Party, Talib Kweli. Let's go. Peace of love. This is Talib Kweli, the BKMC, the MCEO, the Little Lebowski Urban Achiever, the Gentleman Savage. I got my homegirl, Jasmine Lee, in the house. What's up, Jasmine? What's up? Give it up for Jasmine Lee, the lovely and talented, always offering great laughs and great commentary. And great smiles. Great smiles. amazing. Speaking of great smiles, today's guest has a great smile. Today's guest, I don't think that I can overstate how important she is to the culture. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can overstate her contributions to the culture, how she has inspired not just artists, but fans. Um, what this person has done for me as an artist has been fantastic. I've had the pleasure of working with her ever since she first dropped in the game. She's been on fire from Return of the B-Girl to Thank Her Now to She Got Game to Eyes Are Beautiful to Layla's Wisdom to Crown to Eve. This person is one of the first people that was on our list of people we wanted to get for the show because mm-hmm. I feel like she really represents what People's Party is all about. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Rhapsody. Yeah! Rap Diddy! Black Party Girl Magic, Echo. baby! There we go. <laughs> What's up? Oh, you look so cool. I love it. Thank you. I like to be cool. Yes. Yeah, what is your, what does it say? Fuck it. This is Jamel Hill's, uh. Fuck it, I'm bothered. Straight like that. Her podcast. Right, I I did her podcast, um, the same day that she did my podcast. Oh. So when you watch Jamel Hill on People's Party, Mm -hmm. that conversation happened an hour after I was on her podcast. See, that's ill. So y'all got to interview each other. Yeah. That's cold. You know, Jamel is, is like a superhero. Super for real. Yeah, shout out to Jamel Hill. Shout out to her. But we have Rhapsody in the house. Yes, and you have an amazing voice, by the way. I d- in what way? Just how you're talking. Oh, oh my thank gosh, you. guys. Just you know. Thank you. Just rain it on me. No, thank you, thank you. Now, my voice what? has changed. It always wasn't so nice. It used to be mad high pitched. Oh, really? Um, yeah, you heard them earlier mixtapes. Them early mixtapes here <laughs> that I just named. Um, you were doing. I, it's interesting to. Here, have you developed stylistically? Mm-hmm. You play around like you're known as a lyricist yeah. and you focus on lyrics. But I think one of the biggest appeals of you is you playing around with your voice and trying different things and not being scared. No, I'm um, not scared of nothing. Yeah, we had Game on and he was talking about how the difference with him and 50, how he compared 50 to like a Roddy Rich of today. Right. He said that they're ill with the melodies. And I, you have lyrics mm-hmm. about to- having a conversation with God and God mm-hmm. saying, find the melody, you know, and... And Game talked about how he's not that type. He's like, I just write and I rap, mm-hmm. but I have respect for artists who can find the pockets and find the melodies. And I feel like over your career, you strive to do that. Yeah. Um, my thing is I always want to grow and learn, mm-hmm. you know, like I know I've for the most part mastered lyricism, mm-hmm. you know, in my way. So where can I go next? Because I never want to put out a project and people know what's coming next. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I never want them to know what to expect. Um, so it's just like, how can I grow? Like, you know, melody, inflection, working, using your voice as an instrument, you know, every project is like, what can I do different? Right. I don't know. I, it's like I, I want to tackle singing, but I need that little 
tune on it. <laughs> <laughs> the auto tune. But yeah, I need yeah. a little tune on it. But People yeah, sleep it's, on it's, the auto tune because of T Pain and others. But it's a yeah. very useful tool. It is. You Man, just gotta know to how T-Pain. to use it. Yeah, like T Pain. Yeah, so that's what it is. Just mm-hmm. always trying. You know, I, I, it's fun to be creative and try new mm-hmm. things for me. Like that's how I compete with myself. Right. You know, so I'm always trying to compete myself. Like, how can you be better than the last one? It just can't be beats and raps. Mm-hmm. You know, it can, but mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there's an audience for that. Yeah, there's an audience that, for that. But you know, how, how do you elevate yourself? Mm-hmm. Like, how does it become challenging? Because other than that, it's just like, this is too easy. Yeah. Like, challenge me. That's right. So. You run towards the challenge. All the time. Yeah. I ain't scared of nothing. Never scared. Yeah. And I don't like for people to box me in either. They love to box me in, you know, to think I can only do mm-hmm. one thing that I only like to rap over over one beat so mm-hmm. especially with Eve I got to you know like Serena and Oprah like mm-hmm. you know just experiment and I want to continue to experiment as a DJ um you know I was um you know do dance mixes depending on the cra- crowd right. I've DJed I DJed a party in North Carolina where I got, I got a lot of Rhapsody rec- records off but um Pay Up was a record uh, that I played a lot ah, and Oprah mm-hmm. that fits in the mix um speaking of North Carolina shout out to J. Cole yes he is an artist that has mentioned me twice on his records Mm -hmm. there's another artist that's mentioned me twice that's you Mm -hmm. you mentioned me and most you said bonded like most equality and then on uh sparkling you sparkling wow you, you went blast, back on that one like quali like the blast yeah he knows every lyric no i mean i just i you know he, i know the rappers that rap about me you know yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> you that's what we put it in there yeah. i want you to know i appreciate it so yeah i mean you wanted you're one of the reasons i do what i do like mm. you talk about people that influence me and my style and why i love hip-hop it's i talk about jay-z but it's also you it's most deaf it's mm-hmm. common because one of what you mean to the culture and what you've given and what you talk about, you know, you taught me the power of the microphone Mm -hmm. and how to use our lyrics to talk about what's going on within our culture, but your skill level too. So there are many a days, like even to sit here and have this conversation, I put you so far above the the totem pole. I just remember riding around in your music so much. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, Yo, this dude is like one of the greatest ever. Like, I appreciate you. know the you, Jay-Z man. lyric. Yeah. <laughs> Lyrically, I want to be Talib Kweli. Like, you know, so that was like, you were one of the artists that I always strive to reach above. And that's who I put myself against where if I ain't as good as Kweli and Jay and most, and what mm-hmm. am I doing it for? So, yeah. I mean, you also rap about how you the rapper that rappers don't want to rap after. No, nah, they don't want to do that. You know, I was, <laughs> you know, uh, I did that once yeah. on the on the on the Indy Five Hundred project, yep. but on the I rap before you on the other song on the uh, Every Ghetto on Life Ahead of Me. I went after you, but it's both daunting tasks, both of them, <laughs> both of them. Snow Hill, North Carolina, mm-hmm. population around sixteen hundred people, something like that. Wow, there are buildings in New York City that have sixteen hundred <laughs> people. High schools that have right, sixteen hundred right. people. I, my high school had five thousand students. Brooklyn Tech, yo, so that's like. Three, three of Snow Hill, North Carolina. <laughs> For real. Talk to me about growing up in such a small town and what lessons you carry over from the small town that might help you in the music business. Man, patience is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and got my nails done last night. She uh-huh. was like, you ain't from here, are you? I was like, no. She was like, you're very patient. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, patience is one thing. Everything is slow paced and, and, you know, 
uh, mellow community. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing well, I think. Yeah. I learned about community and family. When you come from a place that only has 1,600 people, you go to school with the same people from kindergarten mm-hmm. to your 12th grade year. Um, you learn how important community is. And, you know, just showing up for your people and representing your family because there's nowhere that you can go that nobody don't know you. Mm. Two, I, I think how to step away and to be by yourself sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and in and, and Snow Hill, it's real quiet and peaceful at times. And it's just like, you know, I'll go and I'll be in the rat race, but I also know how to step away, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, just to live a, a slow paced, mellow life where I feel like I don't always have to be keeping up or in a rat race. Sometimes like I appreciate that. I appreciate living in North Carolina because, you know, it's, it's just a place where I could just really chill and mellow down. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Um, I think those are the biggest things for me. Everything else. I feel like I was a city girl at heart. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I, I can't live here. Like how do y'all, <laughs> graduate and stay here i can't do this like i just saw so much bigger from me um now you come from a big family speaking of community Mm -hmm. jehovah's witness yeah Yeah. group jehovah's witness okay um i heard you say i think it was on the breakfast club that you were one of 150 grandchildren yeah from layla yeah from um, my mom's parents named the album after yes what's that like being (laughs) part of 150 grandchildren man um it was beautiful. I don't think I would trade that for anything because we were so close. All your cousins are like your sisters and brothers, you know, all my aunts, you know, like family. So there was never a dull moment. I would say that like, mm-hmm. you know, there was always somebody getting in trouble, you know, us sneaking around. Like it just made it made things fun. But it also taught me the importance of family. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my grandparents are very, very strong about family and making sure that you show up for them you know, mm-hmm. no matter what family comes first so you know that allowed me to humble myself mm-hmm. um even i think you know when i got in the business especially with women in hip-hop i come from that you know so i compete healthy but at the same time i, I want these women in hip-hop to look like my sisters because that's, right. that's how i grew up like you know my mom and my aunts were the perfect examples of that me and all my girl cousins you know we're really tight and you know there's never any jealousy never any shade so coming into to hip-hop and it being like real catty I was like I don't I don't know how to even relate to that because that Mm -hmm. ain't even you know that ain't even my energy and how I grew up um so you know that's that's the biggest thing it taught me you know to be humble Mm -hmm. um to be loving to you know to show love so that's what it was and it taught me that one thing I, I think I have to balance that I probably got too much is I don't put myself first all the time mm-hmm. because I would put so many people before me. And that's on the, I'm not going to call it negative, but that's the thing that I probably need to pull back some and mm-hmm. just find a balance in that. But I that's, understand that. yeah, you know, especially being like next to last in the family of, mm-hmm. of five siblings, you know, and, and I'm, I was the youngest girl grandchild for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to learn to, uh, to stay out of uh, the older kids' business a lot, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm just so used to being not to being at the at the bottom or the back end, mm-hmm. where it's just like I was never at the forefront. So I'm just cool with just laying back, mm-hmm. you know. I never have to feel like I gotta be loud and put myself first and just like, all right, there's too many of y'all to be trying to compete mm-hmm. with for <laughs> grandma, granddaddy's attention. So I'm just chilling, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So that that has carried over to the music too. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking about the music, I've heard you, I think also again on The Breakfast Club, uh, shout out Jay-Z and Lauren 
as equally your favorite mm-hmm. MCs. And I, I, I hear their style in you, but I've also heard and read you talk a lot about MC Light and particular mm-hmm. the Poor Georgie song and video yeah. as being heavily influential on you wanting to rap. Mm-hmm. What was it about that song and that video in particular? I think one, I was at such a young age, one MC Light was the first female that I saw rap. Mm-hmm. Like I know, you know, Roxanne, Shantae, and so many came after her, but she was the first one that I saw. So that got me off gate. It was just like, yo, a woman doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way she was dressed, it was just fly and it was tomboy. And it was like, yo, that's that's fly. She told this ill story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that made me fall in love with storytelling, like to use music to tell this story to talk about. I want to say that song was about. Uh, he had cheated on his girlfriend yeah. and he got a, he got a disease yeah. and then um, he got in a car accident from drinking and driving too. Yeah, he was fucked it was, up. It was, it was, it was Georgie a, was having problems. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The story was so heart-wrenching, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, poor Georgie. Poor you know, Georgie. The poor Georgie. <laughs> so um, that's what gravitated mm. me. Like all of those things in one, I was just mesmerized. It, I just remember hearing on the radio, I would watch the video over and mm. over again. I was like, I gotta be a part of it. Now you rapped it. later about getting advice from MC Light mm-hmm. and saying you remember what did she tell you um the the one thing that she told me I met her at a black girls rock event mm-hmm. um I asked her uh if, if there was any advice she should give me and she said just keep doing what you're doing okay that was that was it she was like right. you know what you're doing I was like all <laughs> I right your light impersonation just keep doing it was um mm-hmm. Lauren probably gave me the best advice mm-hmm. though what was that it was at that same event she told me um, to to always seek knowledge, mm-hmm. to never stop learning. And um, the, the next thing she told me was to to touch every part of your show. If you have a band, like right. touch every single part of it. And, you know, you get a, you ask advice a lot and a lot of people tell you, like, you know, work hard keep doing what you're doing, you know, but to have those two very specific pieces of advice have helped me more than Mm. anything that anybody's ever told me because it was something that I could take and actually apply to something Mm -hmm. where, you know, it made me feel like, oh, you were watching my performance backstage and you Mm -hmm. really gave, giving me sound advice to up my show. And my show has gotten so much better since that. It was something I went home and I really, I went on YouTube and I watched shows and I watched mm-hmm. her and how involved she is in everything she does. Cause I used to be timid. Like, you know, I don't know a lot about a band, but I made myself learn, mm-hmm. you know, and be a part of the process of what that sounds like, how I envisioned it. Um, you know, I started reading more, you know, whether it was books or articles, just like, yo, the more I know, the more I'll be able to talk about mm-hmm. the larger my vocabulary will be when I do music. So, you know, it was, those are probably the best two things that anybody's ever Mm. and you i think you pay it forward all the time on the return of the b-girl uh album the intro i think you made a very interesting decision mm-hmm. you essentially did an outro as your intro yeah and I you had yeah you had mm-hmm. verse and everything but you shot you spent a few minutes mm-hmm. shouting out every female mc that you could think, think of, of. Yeah. and you brought up names the people that i work with that i don't hear getting shouted out mm-hmm. like um Ty Phoenix, yeah, Invincible, mm-hmm. you know, people like that. Of course, Gene, and of course, other people that I work with. This, I mean, what made you want to start that album with that? Man, um, because I, I knew that the B-Girl in that time that that had came out in a mainstream view mm-hmm. was non-existent. 
you mm-hmm. know, what happened to the around the way girl, the B girl mm-hmm. that just came in yeah. spitting, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it was my way to show that, yo, it's not only return of B girl is in welcome rhapsody, but you know, there are so many other women that are in this community that mm-hmm. I wanted to showcase and tell you with this project, I'm, I'm representing for all of us no and I'm bringing us all with, um, with me and two, just to show homage, mm-hmm. you know, it was important for me to come in first and show homage. Like that was my way to thank so many women that influenced me for leaving, even allowing me to be in this space, mm-hmm. you know, to, uh, plant that seed in me, you know, to show that it could be done that, you know, they, they opened the door and gave me a space for hip hop. So one thing is just like, you got to come in and bow down. Mm-hmm. first and foremost and then show love to your peers you mm-hmm. know what I mean because we were so underrepresented to me I knew like the only way we gonna change the climate of things if we do it together mm-hmm. so I gotta come in not busting at y'all heads but showing love you know that's love mm-hmm. now that cover was also a tribute to Star Wars <laughs> and <laughs> where my, my man with the Star Wars shirt <laughs> Steve director had a Star Wars shirt oh, and I feel like he wore oh, that gosh. on purpose for you right? that for me yeah because we talked yeah. about I was talking about you know going to the to the studio in, in North Carolina to sit with Knife Wonder and the Soul Council and I mean y'all really love Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> it's 1600 people what else this? you know we you, do you, you knife, make records about being a Jedi yeah you know Knife is the the biggest fan of course ask Knife if Return of the Jedi is better than no, Knife where's the camera he said it he Empire Strikes Back That's he the said one. that he That's said the one? that for me it's Return of the okay, Jedi okay okay for you it's subjective yeah. alright it's, it's like poor Georgie you probably wouldn't say that's MC Light's best song. No, mine is Stop, Look, Listen. Or Ooh. Paper Thin. Ooh, Paper Thin. Yeah, Paper Thin is the one for the club. That's the dance one. Indeed, that's the one I can DJ. Indeed. But Stop, Look, Listen is, want to battle me now? That's strange behavior. Come on. Drink and drive. Yeah, you probably save her. Because when I get, you never catch slack. I feel like a kick me what? sign was pinned to your back. Because I'm the super duper with the rope doper Got your clean drawers on? Yeah, I hope you do. Because I'm going to strip you of your peace of mind. Now your peace is mine. Damn, that's unkind. Come on, admit it. The that light is too fly. The rhymes that I say, you can't deny. Because 100% is what I give it. I haunt the house with the hip-hop spirit. I tear it, prepare it, like a hand-me-down, make you wear it. Save all your crocodile tears, grin and bear it. And with all your other brothers, you gon' share it. You hear me, Junior? Kasunya, be a grown man with the mic in your hand and understand bite is not part of the plan. Oh, that's wrong. I thought I told you better than that. <laughs> yes. But that's what you get from a stabber in the back. Ooh. Like your you, next on the show. You need to well, do some like kind of diverse encyclopedia. No, I'm just an yes, empty life. He, you know he needs to be on a show. You know what I hate? <laughs> when people be rapping verses, I can't rap along. Right? You just sit there like, uh, uh, like double uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hands. Like, she giving me mad rap hands. Yeah, quad, get it. <laughs> no doubt. You need to um, do something hard, with that bro. talent, for real. I, I do. Yeah. I rap. Uh, no, not the rapping. I rap not for a living. Not the rapping. I do hip hop for a living. I'm so <laughs> I mean the fact that you know lyrics like at the drop of a at the pin. drop of like, a yeah, I'm gonna take LL Cool J's job, hip hop karaoke. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> sorry LL. Um, shout out to LL. MC Light was on Self Destruction. Yes. Super pro black record. Right. You are unapologetically, staunchly pro black. Oh, to the core. To the core. At the same time, as you being so pro black, you have a phrase uh, "culture over everything." Yes. And in hip hop culture, it's not just black people. Obviously, it started with black and brown people. Mm-hmm. And anyone in the culture has to recognize that. Right. right? Black and brown, disfranchised and poor. That's right. Indeed. Everybody in the culture has to recognize that. Explain for people who might not know, people who might get offended 
uh, certainly quality fans <laughs> by the phrase pro black, um, how pro blackness fits into a cult hip hop culture over everything mind frame and why that's not anti white. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's not anti white because it's about loving yourself and mm-hmm. your culture. Loving yourself does not mean we hate you. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in a country where we're taught to not love ourselves, how we look, mm-hmm. um, that try to strip us of our culture, our religion, so mm-hmm. much of of who we are. It's important for us to you know to remind ourselves, yeah, I'm 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 me. I love mm-hmm. me. Um, everything that you show and depict of me is is false, mm-hmm. and I'm you know, and I'm always gonna put this on my chest for, for, for first and foremost. So that's why it's important because mm-hmm. you know. White, you know, the white people, they they have love everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, they know they're good. You know, they're not uh, continually fed negative stereotypes and images and stories about themselves. So that's why this pro-black is is for us. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's ours, you know, just to get ownership back of what was stripped away and what's always trying to be turned into a false narrative of mm-hmm. who we are. That's like, right. That's, that's us. That's our culture. And that's what's beautiful, beautiful about it. Now, as an MC, I have a lot of songs, and because I have a lot of songs, I don't remember all of them. Quest, yeah, Quest Love, <laughs> no. Quest Love said that Black Thought could keep twenty songs in his head at a at a clip. Um, I'm, I figure that's a fair number. Yeah. Um, hard to choose. Mm-hmm. Is that a song that you know the lyrics to? Some days. Okay, okay. It depends on the day. You know, some I, days it joint clicking, other days. I feel that. I can't remember past the second bar. I feel that. I have the <laughs> lyrics here, and I'm not going to read them because I'm going to fuck up the flow. Okay. But, you know, you, you say I'm so pro-black mm-hmm. in that song, and then later on in that song... um, you know, you say, uh, welcome to my side. When you look in the crowd, the minority's never white. Right. I appreciate y'all, but if I'm lying, I'm lying if it don't bite. Because I love all races, but we got to raise them. Because right. I know the scale's tipped. Ain't in, ain't in no black, black girl's, girl's favor. favor. Hey, y'all, we outcast. These black girls favor. The blonde Barbie and scars. We, we all, all got to save, save them. them. Mm-hmm. No love lost for whites, Latinos, and the Asians. Mm-hmm. Loyalty to all. But when I look at these black girls' faces, I understand why I choose to be better, not, not basic. basic. Mm-hmm. So it's not hard to choose. And this is my favorite part. Yeah, so excuse if I don't care if the hipsters relate. Right. If it weren't for y'all, if it weren't for you at all, at all, why these songs, it, it, I'm fucking the lyrics up. It's That's what I said I didn't want to do. <laughs> it wasn't for you at all, at all, why these songs were made. Mm-hmm. That's so important as mm-hmm. a lyric to me as a black artist. Right. Um, you have a, you had a very close working relationship with Mac Miller. Very, yes. Um, shout out to Mac Miller. Um, rest in peace to Mac Miller. I have a couple of songs with him. He called me and found me and sought me out to work with That's him. That's Mac. That's the type of artist that he was. Yes, every every legend he sought out. You, That's right. DJ Premier, didn't matter. He came in and respected the culture and what it was That's and right. made sure he did it the right way. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And um, he also spoke up. One of the rare MCs, rare white mm-hmm. MCs to speak openly about black issues. He openly supported pro black, uh, black lives matter. He mm-hmm. openly just talked about those things and he would work with artists like me and you mm-hmm. yearn his drive. He took you on tour. Right. right. At the first time meeting me, nobody knew. Like I think I had maybe one mixtape out. Didn't know me from Adam. It was just like, I like you. I like your music. I want to help you come on tour with me. Mm straight like that and I know I'm not the only one I'm I'm one of a many artists that mm-hmm. he's done that for um and it just speaks to his character and you know at the end of the day he didn't come in the culture feeling like he was owed anything mm-hmm. or that you know 
I, I can be here because I want to be. He was like, no, I understand this culture and who created this culture and where mm-hmm. it started. And, you know, some people say white people are guests in hip hop. Mm-hmm. He, he entered it like he was that. Right. You know, um, so and he did it the right way. You know, it, it was just respectful. Um, and that's why, you know, he was loved as much mm-hmm. as he was. You know, he just did it. He just did it right. That's right. What did um, Max passing mean to you? What do you think hip hop lost? Man, it, that was it was devastating um because you you just outside of the talent that he was the person that he was like he he was a light and a joy it didn't matter even if he was going through dark days he always shone light on somebody else he was always laughing I remember on tour you know it could be the worst situation ever and he would always come in and try to turn it around with Mm -hmm. laughter like you know that's what he was about love and at the end of the day that's what humans are put here to do love and he embodied that to the core like i don't know too many better examples of that um so you know the the world the hip-hop community i mean you just lost a light and a good person that was here to spread love and change people in that way and you know get them to remember that you know we all should be connected at the at the end of the day fundamentally by love. Shout out to love Matt is Miller. religion, yeah. no doubt. Indeed. Um, you also had the honor and the pleasure of working with Nipsey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Explain how you linked up with Nipsey and, and how that song came to be. Man, uh, we did a song called "You Should Know" with Absol. Mm-hmm. I think that was it was on she she got game, mm-hmm. um, and I had been wanting to work with Nip a long time. Um, but we actually did that out in LA at 1500 or nothing studio. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out to Mars. Yeah. Walked in. Nip was, Nip was in a white tee, like always <laughs> <laughs> some black pants. Uh, we played the record for him and he, he wrote it on the pad and he just recorded it. It was just that easy. Like the last time I saw him, we hadn't, I hadn't seen Nip in person. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Man, it's probably been like five years. And I saw him at the, the last Grammy brunch. Um, in 2019 Mm -hmm. and uh you know we were just connecting and he was like man we got we hadn't done anything since you should know i said yeah we got to get back in there and do another one um but you know nip was the same way man anything he could do for somebody Mm -hmm. i felt like he would do it you know he was just a a big heart um you know super supportive uh i was at a show um when i went to big i was on big crits tour we went oakland and I was, you know, I went and dat fans up, and his cousin was in the audience. He was like, "Yo," he was like, "I just want to tell you, I'm Nipsey's cousin. He loved you, mm. like he's the one that put me on to you." And I was like, "Wow, wow. like, you know, I know Nip supported, but I didn't know it was right. like that." You he know, have to so, tell the family and yeah, spreading like, good right. word. I mean, yeah, you saw it in just what he wanted to do for his community. It was mm-hmm. culture over everything for culture him too. Um, he just called it the marathon, That's same right. thing. Um, but you know, just teaching financial literacy Mm -hmm. to his people and buying up the block you know that's important to have ownership and to own things in our own community so we keep gentrification from happening like he saw the importance of that and trying to get ahead of that like he was a powerhouse man like Mm. again like god will rise that's right you know the ninth wonder is also a powerhouse yes um you met him what 2004 2005 2005 you went coolie high it Cooley High wasn't Cooley High yet. We okay. were just like an organization. H2O. Of, yeah, H2O, okay. a bunch of kids just hanging out, trying to figure it out. <laughs> right. Talk mm-hmm. to me about meeting Ninth Wonder and, you know, how his leadership has inspired you and helped you. Man, the day that I met him, um, 
I think it just speaks to the person that he was. Mm-hmm. He had just come off doing the Black Album, Mary J. Blige, Destiny's Child. Like some people get a run like that. Like, wow, man, I ain't about yeah. to go sit with no little kids. I don't know. <laughs> and you know, right. he he actually came to us. Mm-hmm. You know that for one, um, we were in my friend Tom Fullery's house. It's an old white house. You know how college kids mm-hmm. live. You know, he came there with him and one other person. Um, It was like 20 or 30 of us and just talked to us about the business, you know, played minstrel show records, played Genius before Genius Mm -hmm. came out. Um, And he just was like... put that out on Blacksmith. Straight up. Shout out to Jean Grey. Yeah, she she was on Blacksmith then. Um, You know, just to put imagery-wise, you know, you see like pictures of like jesus sitting around and yeah. it's like everybody want to hear the parable like right. that's what it was we were just all sitting around him soaking it in um you know and ever since i've known him there have been people that'll come up they young and they eager and you know they just want to learn he'll talk to you for two hours mm-hmm. if he has it so um you know it just showed to outside of a, a, a super producer an amazingly talented individual he's also a teacher that's right and super literally humble a down teacher. literally a literally right. a teacher right. um you know so that was my first experience meeting him you know uh just very down to earth as as horrid as i thought my first song was mm-hmm. he saw star power he saw something in in me that i didn't even see in myself that early on um, you know, and to be patient enough and want to take me under his wing and have artist development just shows how much he just cared, mm-hmm. you know, about people and just living their dreams and anything he could do to help you. Even if it was a word, he would do it. He's still like that to this day. So that was my experience meeting him. Um, his leadership, man, uh, you know, you, you hear the the saying, a leader doesn't walk in front. They, uh, they walk behind mm-hmm. or beside you some people say that's that's what he was mm. you know um so you know i just watched how he led and that was by example um if he's if he was up at light at late at night till four in the morning working i would stay till eight in the morning mm-hmm. that's what it was so he definitely led by example if i'm gonna tell these uh these kids that i've signed to this label to work hard I'm going to show y'all what hard work is. Um, he sacrificed everything. He tried everything. He never boxed anything in. And he, his leadership also taught me that you don't have to change who you are. If nobody will give you a seat at the table, make your own table. That's, right. That's something that he always taught us. So, you know, and relationships, just watching how respected he was in the industry by anybody from the very top to the very bottom. I've watched it all. People bow down. Uh, at him you know that you would think like oh this is a super producer mm-hmm. you know the whole world knows so it just shot me touch told me about respect and relationships and you know sometimes that means more than anything like mm-hmm. you can't put a price tag on what that is so you know that's just how important his leadership has been to me and, and in my career like right. you know now I, I've I feel like I've gained some of that there's nowhere I don't feel like I can't go you know, because I've earned the respect of people, but I knew I watching him, I had to do that first before I did anything. Right. So, um, on your song "Everlasting," we talk about how Knife told you that trends come and go, and <laughs> yes. to make it about the music and make it everlasting. Yes. Um, for me personally, you know, when Pharrell Manchester when I came up with the idea of doing Indy Five Hundred, mm-hmm. um, I had worked with Knife on things here and there before. Um, he's him and you know little brother and them always showed a respect and reverence for what I did mm-hmm. with most and what we did with Raucous. Um, but Indy 500, it started when I flew down there mm-hmm. and I experienced, I experienced something magical. 
like to have that studio. What's the name of the studio? Bright Lady. Bright Lady yeah. with the Soul Council. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I didn't understand what it really was. I thought, you know, I was flying down to do this project that was really about me and him. But when I was down there, problem was there. Mm-hmm. And bad luck was bad there. Bad luck was there, yeah. And Slug popped up. Mm-hmm. And I, I he did. Slug yeah. was there for like a day. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I realized, I said, okay, they're, they're really building something up over here. It really mm-hmm. felt magical and spiritual to me. Talk to me about that studio, mm-hmm. about what Ninth is built with the Soul Council and just some of the other producers. Um, is Eric G a part of Soul Council? Yeah. Eric, Eric G, G and Crisis mm-hmm. and E. Jones. Knots. Yeah, Knots. yeah mm-hmm. man. Talk to me about that. Man, Bright Lady is like, it's like our safe haven. It's like, we don't call it our studio. It's like our home. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we got the the living room area, which is like our Cosby couch. We sit and we just have conversation. <laughs> but Knife always wanted a place where it was open door, where he can allow anybody to come and create. And they didn't have to worry about paying for studio time. Like, we create albums. We don't do no sheets. And we don't, you know, mm-hmm. we don't write down time or anything. We just work. Um, you know, and... and Mac Miller would come down a lot because it was it was a place where he could just come and work like you don't have to worry about this person being in there mm-hmm. and you know it was just it's just a safe haven so you know Knife will be on the phone and he might be talking to whoever artists and they might be stressed out and they mm-hmm. might be dealing with the industry and he'd be like just come down here mm-hmm. you can you can stay at the studio and get your hotel room just come down here and it, for him it was always about creating great energy mm-hmm. so everybody that that comes in there they always talk about the energy yeah it's and, great energy yeah and it's and that's what we wanted we just wanted a place where people could just come hang out they ain't got to worry about being bothered it's like a hiding spot mm-hmm. you know it's like if <laughs> i'm about to go have some rehab it is for your <laughs> yeah. energy it's like energy right, rehab right, right. for real um and that's the magic of that studio um you know styles p grant hill like a bunch of ball players coming in you know they'll have little beats uh tutorials oh. but you know yeah like grant hill jabari parker uh I don't know. I can't remember everybody. Um, but, you know, that's that's the magic of that studio. It's, mm. it's just a safe place for people to be. Um, the Soul Council, that's Ninth Seven Producer Production Team. Mm-hmm. So let me let me make sure I can remember everybody. Okay. So it's Ninth, it's mm. Knots, it's Crisis, Eric G, Jones, Cash, and Amp. Yes, that's everybody. Right. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> um, you know, but... Knife always had a, a love and affinity for beat teams, whether it be Hit Boy, whether it be uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, organized Noise, uh, Justice League. Justice League. So uh, you know, it was something that he wanted to create. Hitman and them. Exactly. So they're they're basically the sound of Jamla. And what's dope is everybody's different. You know, mm-hmm. Knife is known for um, his soulful beats, uh, his drums. Eric G is the most versatile out of mm-hmm. anybody. If you want a trap beat, you can get a trap beat. If you want a pop beat, get a pop beat. If you want boom bap, he can do it all. Um, Amp is like baby primo, you mm-hmm. know. Um, let me see. E. Jones, <laughs> he get the blush beats. Blush. <laughs> like, Man, e. Jones got a few love songs together. Oh, <laughs> that's what he like. Yeah. He like that R and B guy. He like to make those records. Crisis, you know, crisis is some of the hardest records of a crisis. Yeah, crisis. Yeah. Anything that you want to break your neck off of, you go yeah. to crisis. Like yeah. he's known for this crazy neck bop he got um you know uh cash cash is a uh, real soulful sound this is what he likes so it's just like you know i beat factory where you can go to any one of us and get what you need at mm. the end of the day um and they've just become a sound of jamla so mm. you know that's what it is and it's is dope to be able to 
have some of the best beat makers at your disposal. Right. Like I could call every G and be like, yo, I need this, 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 and he'll send me 30 beats. Mm. Wow. Like that is amazing. I mean, I, I I would I can't imagine some of these other artists that gotta fly to all these producers. Like not to say we don't, you know, work with other people, mm-hmm. but to have it all in house, I be right. eating. I'm trying to at tell the crib you. too. I'm a beat at the crib yeah. too. Eric G actually moved to LA. So, you know, but you know, that's cool. But I'm sure he's still gotta get to Bright Lady. Man, he might come like twice <laughs> a year, man. You know. But he's good. I'm not a rapper. I know I told you I was earlier, but it was a lie. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you was gonna bust some bars. Oh no, 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 no! I'm she just knows to... all the words to Little Kim. Uh, Crush Lady on you, Marmalade. Lady Marmalade. It was Crush on You. Oh, I yeah. know you did Lady Marmalade. I did Lady Marmalade for karaoke, because and you know then she's the Talib. I'm just <laughs> trying to do my job here. Uh, but no, I was wondering, like, how important is it with uh, to have a good relationship with the engineer to a rapper's career? Oh. Um, we don't have for me we don't have like a set engineer like a lot of times Mm -hmm. if I was recording Knife would record me a crisis then it got to the point I recorded myself so I've seen you record yourself yeah for us you know it was always learn everything Mm -hmm. except producing the DJ which I've been kicked off of (laughs) (laughs) multiple times but you know so in 2009 when Knife signed me I would sit at the board beside him and watch everything he did and ask like what that do what does that do mm-hmm. how do you do this um, if there was no engineer around I would FaceTime crisis alright tell me how to do this What I gotta put aux on this and bus on this because you know I didn't want to ever be in a situation where I couldn't do music because that speaks to somebody yeah I can you tell know? now that you're saying that because you have so much output mm-hmm. I'm seeing it now like Fuck it, I'm a. I gotta record. Straight. That's what. That's how I'm with yeah. everything. Like, if something can't get done, I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. I will figure it out. Um. So it's the same with engineering, but I think it is important too to still have a set engineer that kind of knows your sound. You know what I mean? Like, well, y'all ha- do have a great relationship with Young Guru. Oh yeah, I forgot. I was thinking of engineering. I wasn't even thinking of mixing yet. Yeah, but no, that's a, that's. There's, yes. there's engineers that you record with yes. and then you take it sometimes a lot of times to a different mm-hmm. engineer to mix right right right. and um, his relationship with you goes way beyond the studio way beyond yeah that's big bro like yeah. him and Knife are like the same person for yeah. Me. yeah they're uh, just the same height <laughs> <laughs> they are they both skinny and tall right <laughs> um, but his relationship your relationship with him led to your relationship with Rock Nation right no no Mm-mm. oh well, no, give the, it, the it wasn't guru okay. not to say guru never uh right. played my records for jay mm-hmm. um guru. for the people listening yeah. this young guru work I'm with, yeah. yeah. with jay z jay z shot him out famously on big records but he guru also has turn a, me up right he has a great record <laughs> with knife wonder yeah. i mean great relationship with knife wonder mm-hmm. and has been very involved in jamless stuff right yeah i mean he's basically he's on our team um mm-hmm. But yeah, Goo, Goo has been down since day one. Like him and Knife are best friends. Mm-hmm. So when Knife told him he was creating a label, he was like, whatever you need from me, like has mixed like some of our projects for free. Like wow. we know how much Guru costs. I do. The, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't mix my project for free. I, I, knew, that was for coming. <laughs> I knew that I got the but family shout out to Guru because it was worth it. Yeah, but he knew in the <laughs> early days they had no money. <laughs> no, he gave, no, Guru gave me I'm I'm being facetious. He he gave me the homie price. But See, with him with y'all, it's it's a family. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely yeah. a family. Like Guru wasn't the plug and everybody thinks that. Right. Um they they had a guy by the name of Spanish Rand mm-hmm. who I don't know if 
I'm not going to say he was interning, but maybe a consultant, mm -hmm. you know, working with Lenny S. And, um, you know, he would, he presented the idea to Lenny, I think. He was like, yo, y'all really should sign Rhapsody. Like, mm. you know, she would be perfect over here. And I guess, you know, Lenny did his due diligence. He was mm. like, yeah, like set up something. And Spanish Rand sent the email. Mm. That's okay. how that happened. Okay. You know, because Goo, Goo never forced his hand on right. anything, you know, um, and I'm I'm happy that it I would I like when everything happens organically mm -hmm. in that way. That's right. Mm -hmm. Your relationship with Kendrick happened organically as well. Yeah, very much so. Uh, you met him. I, we met Kendrick around the same time because I started working mm -hmm. with Kendrick and really trying to get down with what TDE was doing around 2009, 2010. Yeah. The mm -hmm. song I have with Kendrick was recorded then. I just held it and didn't release it for three years. Right. But talk to me about meeting him and those initial records. You were on doing mixtapes together. Yeah, um, we met. I first I got on to Kendrick through Crisis, uh, mm -hmm. the Kendrick Lamar EP, and it was like, man, who is this dude? And then Overly Dedicated came out. Um, so he actually came to the studio because he was a big fan of Knife. I think Knife has sent a tweet of all the new young kids that he liked, and Kendrick was in that. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of developed this relationship over the line, over over social media. And at that time, you know, Knife would put out all these beat tapes, and you know, Mac, Kendrick, Ab. Everybody that needed beats at the mm -hmm. time, you know, you scouring the internet. A lot of those beats were Ninth Wonder beats. Right. So, you know, for the for the kids of that generation, you know, Knife and me too, he was a big part of us, like, trying to figure it out and getting music that we can rap over. Um, so he actually came to the studio, of course, to see Ninth and Crisis. But at the studio, you know, we all build. I think that very first day, they stayed for, like, maybe a day or two we didn't even do music we just spent the day talking um mm -hmm. he got beats from knife we went to cookout got a five dollar tray got him in the milkshake mm -hmm. um so you know it was just really just learning who we are as people like that's how i like to build relationships with artists it's never about like yo let's just go in the studio and work like i want to know who you are as a person mm -hmm. i want to get to know you so that's kind of like what we did um then he uh, he came down another time for a show he had in North Carolina Central and came to the studio. And I was working on Thank Her Now. I, I can't remember what project it was, but I think it was Thank Her Now. Um, and I just played the record for him. I was like, yo, what you think? He was like, whatever you need, what mm -hmm. we rapping about. And at this time, it's just you trying to gain respect. I was like, man, whatever you want to rap about, ain't got no concept. Just, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, he's always supportive. Anytime I need advice, I always hit mm -hmm. him. You know, like Kendrick, like, what did you do when this happened? Or what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. Because even though, you know, we kind of came up in the early days together, he skyrocketed. He's experienced so much that I haven't. So he's someone I know that I could look to for advice, mm -hmm. you know, just to kind of gauge on what what i should do you know when i do albums he's mm -hmm. one of the people that i'll send the record to um i didn't do that with ease but i did play layla's wisdom for him because i trust his ear right um so you know you hear like stories of a primo and how he would play records for dr dre you mm -hmm. know just to get his ear kendrick is like in that peer group for right. me of of my peers ears that i trust and you know that's just always been our relationship mostly built on music mm -hmm. you know but i have so much love and respect for him as a person as we all do yeah eight right. one since day one yeah he put yeah. you on his grammy uh award-winning album yes um, yes you also have a couple grammy nominations mm -hmm. um layla's wisdom um i just i'm in love with this album thank you um we're we're very not far away from the holidays. 
Did you make it clap like Waka Flocka last Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> Not this Christmas. Not this Christmas. I put some bop in it. <laughs> the baby. No yeah, doubt. I was making that thing bop. Did you see Baby on a Saturday Night Live? I did. Doing that song? I did, yeah. Oh. He's he's one of my favorite new, and I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, he's from North Carolina. Carolina. Right? Yes, yeah, and I'm crib. happy. I'm, yeah. Now, everybody that's from there ain't dope. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, I was happy, you know, to champion him. Right. But man, he's explosive. When he came out to me, he has the energy I felt when um, "Get Richard Die Trying" came out. Mm-hmm. Like it's that same energy I that I feel. I like, agree. Yo, he just he just came in with a whole different force and a whole. It's aggressive, but it's fun at the mm-hmm. same time and funny. That's what Fifty was. Right. Fifty, you know, was talking shit and he was aggressive, but he was funny too. Right. Like, and he was making himself baby is the, the baby is making himself the people's champ. Oh, yes. he's lovable. Yes. Yes. very he's lovable. Very, very lovable. Now Fifty, <laughs> but Fifty's a bully. That's champ. the baby's not a bully. For different reasons. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let's not even get on that in the power episodes we've just seen. But. uh <laughs> I wanted to uh, go back to you were talking about Jay and that's one of my favorite rappers and working under his wing. Like, how is that for you? Like, what's like your favorite Jay-Z story? And I don't be seeing Jay that much. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I still don't have his phone number. Are you serious? Oh, I'm dead. I'm dead serious. That's cool, yeah, I though. I with Jay-Z. I never had his phone number either. Yeah. Y'all just I had DM a two-way number one. <laughs> you shouldn't be able to get the Jay-Z that easy. Right. You shouldn't. But um, probably my two favorite ones. One, I think the last time I saw him in the office, um, this was before Eves came out. We was talking about basketball or something. But we were leaving and getting on the elevator. Oh, no. And he just came out of nowhere and air dunked <laughs> on sorry, my I'm head. Sorry. Like it ain't nothing like that. Right. He just came out of nowhere and air dunked on my head. And I was just like, I didn't expect that from Jay. I was like, right. why you do that to me, bro? Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I felt I was like, dang, that's what you doing to me. Um, that's that's probably one because you know, that's you don't get I, you don't get to see him in a space where he mm-hmm. just like having fun right. and mm-hmm. chilling all the time. So, you know, he was just like Jay, he was riding around the office on a bicycle wow. and air dunking on heads. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, like like for real, like in the, down the hall on a bike, like how y'all doing, riding by. So he was just cool. Um, and, you know, I think the other time, maybe there was one time I went to his house. The only oh. time I went to his house. Um, and, you know, just he just told me that he was proud of me. Mm. And when you when you have a hero like that that mm-hmm. gets to tell you that that means a lot so that was one but other than that you know I be emailing him <laughs> <laughs> but he's always there to give support and advice and you know he'll hit me out the blue and be like yo y'all killing it right now mm-hmm. so yeah that's dope mm-hmm. you have a video that has almost brought me to tears um, uh, the man I was about to say it's either the man or a Feeney the man Feeney to me is important because, I mean, I don't know if I can name a record that speaks to the black male condition that's better than that. You speak, obviously, from a woman's perspective. But I've also heard you speak about why it's important to uplift black men. Yeah, very um, I've heard you speak about how black men have been in your corner, mm-hmm. from a ninth to a Jay-Z to a Kendrick. Mm-hmm. How about how black men support your lyrics? Mm-hmm. And that song is just such a beautiful tribute to us. Now this album Eve, mm-hmm. which is a what? First of all, can we get a round of applause for Eve? It's amazing. Thank y'all. Right. Love it so much. Um, I'm paraphrasing. I think, but Rolling Stone called it 
a masterpiece of feminist hip hop. I don't like the word feminist. Oh, I was about to ask you that. <laughs> I was about to ask, yeah. do you consider yourself a feminist? No. Okay. If, if I don't want to put a label on it, but if I had to, it would be Alice Walker's version, Womanist. Womanist. Mm-hmm. Yes, because about womanism a, lot in the show, a lot of the show. Yeah, yeah, I don't like to exclude men from mm-hmm. what I do in the same way as pro black mm-hmm. is not anti white. Mm-hmm. Feminist to me has an anti man tone to it especially today so you know i like to i like to be able to celebrate women without mm-hmm. having to tear down men right you know what I'm saying? i think alice walker like the definition of feminism on paper is just equality for women but yes. because it was you know in the 70s when it gained prominence run by white women mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times the, the nuances and the issues in our and the black community were left out of the feminist discussion i that think that's why too. alice yes. walker and them came up with the womanist thing which right. i think for a lot of black women feels a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. a lot for, especially to me for yeah. that for that very reason yeah um i just want to thank you for being the artist that you are like you go like we just talked about the return of the b-girl you name every single female mc you could think of you eve every song is named after a powerful black woman Mm -hmm. you put roxanne chate in your videos Mm -hmm. you just you go all out your way above and beyond to represent female mcs but you do it from a place of we're in this together. And just me as a as a black man doing this is is highly important for me. And I thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Um, the interview you were doing before you did Eve with the writer, what's the writer's name? I forget. He was playing you, Nina Simone and Roberta uh, Flack. Lamar Wilson. Yeah, something Lamar. like that. Mm-hmm. But he was Nina Simone obviously is, you know, I've sampled her a couple of times, mm-hmm. you know, and um she I consider her my musical godmother. Nina Simone and Roberta Flack are both from North Carolina. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the story goes that listening to that those songs in that car ride led to the inspiration to do Eve. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, he was he was writing the article mm-hmm. on the lineage mm-hmm. of North Carolina musicians. So it was kind of like a family tree. And he was like, Well you come from the family tree of Nina Simone and Roberta mm-hmm. Flack. You know, just because, you know, you're soulful, what what you what you all talk about in your lyrics, um, you know, and it just making that connection. It was just something that sat with me and I had to really think about. And I got home and I, I first recorded uh, Aaliyah because I wanted to do a song about a tomboy. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. what am I call this song? I wanted to call it Tomboy. That's some whack. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, I'm going to call it Aaliyah. And then it all clicked, mm-hmm. you know, um, when I think about my lineage there's so many branches to me and it was a way too for me to show me as a person because a lot of times people like to box me in on who they think I am mm-hmm. based on the music I make and you know the the beats that I rap over you know I've been in conversations where you know we'll be in debates and you know debates turn into you know people saying things that they that they presume about you and it's been you know things like oh I bet when y'all go to the party I think y'all party I bet y'all go listen to you know burn incense and listen to (laughs) conscious music and I'm just Mm -hmm. like who parties like that? Nobody. I just told y'all I'd be backing it up the Waka Flocka. <laughs> right, like, what's right. up? No right. hands, baby. Like, what you mean? Right. So, you know, it allowed me to creatively do a project that one, show my lineage of a bunch of different women, two, that show love to these women, three, that introduce the world to these women that may not know them. Mm. You know, people are like, I like this song, but who is Whoopi Goldberg? I like this song, but, you know, who is Afeni Shakur? Mm. And, you know, they it gets to extend their life 
um, in, in the same way that sampling extends lives That's of right. 70s mm-hmm. artists. But That's it also, an interesting concept. You're sampling yeah. their legacy for your wow. album. And it also gave me a way to show that there are so many different sides of me, mm-hmm. you know, that people still haven't tapped in and I still haven't shown, you know. You know, when you see these interviews, like I'm reserved and, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was talking to my marketing team once and they was like, if we could write down 10 things, we know what it is. Mm-hmm. Just all listening to the music, like your lyrical, your soulful, your intelligent, whoop de whoop. But there's another goofy side, mm-hmm. you know. There's, you know, there might be a little rough neck depending on the day, but right, you know, right. it's, it's, it allows you to show like there's way more. You ain't than forget me. about them shots. I ain't forgot about them shots. That, <laughs> nah, they're not that's, ready if you. That's when, that when Snow you Hill, like yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I peeped it. I peeped the aggressive, the newish, aggressive <laughs> energy. To me, just being a student of culture, mm-hmm. it reminded me. Hearing this album reminded me of two specific albums. Okay. De La Soul is Dead mm-hmm. and Lab Cabin, California. That one I'm not familiar with. That's Far Side's second album. Oh, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, on De La Soul is Dead, like the whole thing, De La Soul came out like, look, we we just about the culture. You rapped about De La Soul. Right. Like, to do it, the stakes mm-hmm. aside. They came out like, peace, love, and we love this culture, and we just didn't. And then niggas was testing them. So on De La Soul is Dead, they rapped about fucking niggas up. Straight up. You know what I'm saying? And yes. it was like, all that De La Soul shit. Don't get it twisted. Dead. Right. Dead. Farside came out like Michael Ross is a genie. He's giving us our wishes. Soul flower, you know, pass the pipe, baby. You know what I'm saying? Passing me by all that. Second album. Every time I step to a microphone, I put my soul with two inch reels that I don't even own. Second album was running. Second album was just. It was just darker. It was just like right. we have some experience. Even Anderson Pack. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the name of the last record? Vent- Ventura. Malibu. Yeah. Feels like. To celebrate, and I love both these mm-hmm. records. But Malibu was like this fresh, yeah. innocent energy. Mm-hmm. It's bright. It's bright. Yeah, Ventura is a little, little dark. dark. It's like I've seen some shit in his industry. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like Eve is. Like it's mm-hmm. a little. It's not. It, you don't lose your light. No, but it's a little bit more like hmm. Yeah. Okay. Some of y'all niggas everything. is not moving, nah. and I need to address this. Right. And you've been addressing. You slyly addressed the criticism. A little here. A little, a little here. here. You, you. It's like you mentioned. It's like you'd be like. I see what y'all are saying. I see the little comments here. I see the little comments here, but this is what I'm doing. Right. You know, um, this time it was like, all right, I done had enough at this point. Yeah. 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 You done said way too much and I'm tired of tiptoeing around. That's right. And you own in your moment. Yeah. You got to check. You got to check niggas sometimes, you know? Absolutely. It's like, all right, I played the nice guy too long. Mm. Well, Badu say, uh, don't get this instance, uh, fucked up what she say i still got the coat 45 or something like right, that right, she right, say right. like you know you could you could turn that on you could get the snow hill if you want to mm-hmm. i'll be chilling but you know it's just time where you got to speak up for yourself mm-hmm. and what i learned is people like aggressive me like <laughs> you people know want I, you to, to go out there they want they do they do and it's so much i can say and it's just like a, a lot of times it's not that i don't want to say it i'm afraid a lot of times it's just like you don't even deserve my energy bro so i ain't mm-hmm. gonna give it to you that's what it is most of the time. It's just like, I'll do, I have records where I'm coming at people and it's just like, man, I don't even want to give them that mm-hmm. light. Like, you know, because once it's out there, then, you know, they get energy from it and it ain't worth my energy. Mm-hmm. But I felt, I felt like it was time at, at this point mm-hmm. in time. It's just like, you know, just go. That's, That's what right. you're feeling. Just go. Now, we here at the People's Party, a huge fan of your career. 
Um, and particularly, I was telling you, my man Steve Baramucci, who helps me out a my lot. My homie Steve. Love you, Steve. Uprocks did a, a great review. Do you have? I do have the quote. The quote from the review. Uh, uh, from Aaron Williams writing on Uprocks. Rather than simply providing an alternative to stripper rap or acting as an avatar for respectable, dressed up female rappers, she wishes to pre- represent and uplift all women, regardless of their presentation, and act as the vanguard of a generation of MCs who can dress however they want while receiving the respect for their skills without arbitrary standards of respectability. Does that quote uh, accurately reflect your stand tall for all women? My my whole thing is come as you are and you are enough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about balance for me. Um, I, I'm not going to ask you to read it again just to make sure I got the lingo right. But, you know, a lot of times people will use me as, you know, the you should like Rhapsody because she ain't, she don't dress half naked mm-hmm. and you should like Rhapsody because, you know, she shows up how a woman is supposed, supposed to be shown, you know, and it's just like, bro, like you don't even got to do that. Like mm-hmm. if you like me, then like me, but don't, don't come at, you know, these other women's because mm-hmm. they choose to do their art the way they do their art and they entertain the way they entertain. You know, we spend, I say this all the time, we spend too much time talking about what we don't like instead of investing energy in what we That's do. So true. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to change it, then speak in other ways with your dollars, with your support, with your tour tickets. If you a DJ, play the record mm-hmm. on the radio, you know, call your radio and demand it. Like you, you know, demand anything else. So um, that's what it is because it's not about me, you know, tearing the next woman down. I think everybody has a story to tell, mm-hmm. you know, Megan and Cardi tell the stories that they tell because they live that life mm-hmm. and they should have the space to be honest right. about Cardi was a stripper. So she going to make stripper music. That's, that's right. honest music. That's conscious music. Cause that's conscious to what she was doing and the life that she was living. I, I lived a different life and I experienced different things. So I'm going to talk about them in, di- in different ways. Um, so that's what it's about. It's about me just making, making sure people know that there's room for you mm-hmm. in whatever way you want to show up mm-hmm. and you don't have to conform to what you think everybody else is doing to fit in. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be that because if you do, you'll be continue to chase that forever mm-hmm. and trying to keep up with what's hot next. You can only be as best as you are. Mm-hmm. There, you can't be another Cardi, you can't be another Nikki, you can't be another Megan, you can't be another Rhapsody. All you could be is you. So that's mm-hmm. that's always my message is come as you are, mm-hmm. you know. And it's also great that you have that philosophy because it takes a part of the putting women against each other yeah. because there's enough there's so many male rappers but whenever there's a female rapper they're always like oh well this one does this and then that one does right. that and it's like who says how women's supposed to dress or act or whatever you do you exactly that's what it's about I was saying mm-hmm. that the other day you don't hear oh you should like Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole because they don't sound like young thug like that is so weak mm-hmm. man like you know there's a time and a place for everything mm, right. you know there's seven days in a week 30, 28, some days of the month, you know what I'm saying? 365 days of the year. It's February, depends on what month Mm -hmm. it is. Um, You know, so you're going to feel different. Some days you might feel like Cardi. Some days you might feel like Waka Flocka. Some Mm -hmm. days you might feel like Rhapsody. Like, that's all it's about is catching the energy. If your Mm -hmm. vibe is... uh, you know, Talib Kweli, 365 days a year, and then run that. It is. Stream that's, them numbers. My vibe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let's not write these think pieces on what we don't like. Right. Like, mm-hmm. champion the people you do. And if I got time that's for that. That's right. Uh, somebody I do like that I'm excited about that's on your album is J.I.D. That's my dude. That's my little brother from another. I love him. Talk to me about Iman and, and working on a song with him. 
<laughs> um, I hate we couldn't work on it together, but the story of how he, oh. he recorded it is so hilarious to me. But um, knife um, you know we were doing the women, and you know I, I definitely said I don't want to have any mine, you know. And so he makes he finds the ebony record, and he was like, "What you think about this?" And it's like ebony woman. I was like, "Oh, that's perfect." So um, I knew that I wanted JID on this record. Um. So we sent it to him and we got Sir on it later when I was trying to think of, of the hook. But I sent it to him and he was on tour, probably waited like a month. And I was in L.A. and he FaceTimes me. He's like, rap. He was like, I told you I got you. He was like, by itty bees necessary. He turns the phone and it's an ironing board on the floor with the legs crossed and a mic stand. And he was like, see, we getting it. It's real, <laughs> it's real hip hop. No I'm just like, bro, are you recording on an ironing board? Like, <laughs> who does that? Um, you know, but that's, that's JID. Like it's, it's just dope. Like to see somebody that's newer come up and he looks at me, you mm. know, to, to look up and always show love to me like he does. Cause you don't get a lot of guys and a lot of guys that do that to women. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I can see him doing that for Kendrick or Cole. So he's always been special to me just for the person he is, but just to even do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like when, when he was, uh, when he called me, he was like, yo, he was like, and I'm going to end my verse with bitch, but I want you to come back and check me on it. Yo. <laughs> so, <laughs> he was like, I think that'd be dope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I see what you're doing. Mm. Um, so I checked him on it and it, it actually like, it's, it's dope how things just naturally work out. Because um, we had the Queen Latifah record, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That's Shout the out to perfect." Latifah, by the way, yeah. that record is incredible. That verse that she gave you, is, I loved it. That's bonkers. People be forgetting <laughs> that Latifah got them bars. I don't oh, think we forget. Yeah. Latifah's had it up to here. <laughs> she's not taking it no more. Mm. For real, what are you calling a bitch. Yo, we don't say that word. word. That's right. We we learned that recently. We just we just yeah. We don't say that word. I heard about that combo. (laughs) Yeah. Yo, you gotta walk on eggshells around that one. Listen. When you uh you have all these features on your record, do you do like a trade a feature for a feature, or do you like do you pay for features? Like how how does that work? Um. Well, I did so many in the the early days because I was newer. Um, I would get the feature and Knife would have to trade for the beat. Because <laughs> his, his name had more weight than mine. Yeah. Nobody cared about no Rhapsody feature back in the early <laughs> days. It was like, whatever. Give me that Knife one to beat. So a lot of times that's how I would go. If I got a feature, it was either for love or um, Knife would was, knife was send them in the pack. Is it so. true that you got first dibs on them Knife one to beats? I'm not going to say. I, I'm going to tell you, I, I didn't get first dibs. This is what it is. I am a studio rat. So I would I would bring suitcases to the studio and sleep on the couch. Knife eventually got me a shower. Not me, but he got off. <laughs> but I'm gonna just say it's me. Um so I didn't I never have to leave. So mm-hmm. I was just I would be there all the time. And if there ain't nobody there and he running beats, I'm like, Can I get that? Can right. I get that? Or a lot of times we listen to the beat and I, I wait like a half a beat, mm-hmm. you know, a second. If nobody don't say nothing, I'm like, Can I get that? Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. The right, new closed mouth don't get fed. Yeah, like fed. we got newer artists, Ian and Ruben, and I'd be like, Look, I'm gonna tell y'all, mm. when he start running this beat, this is my only gym I'm giving you. You better ask for it because if I get it first, right. you short. The so game a lot is to be sold. Not yeah, to be so Ruben catch on quick. Like okay. he'll get. Yeah, I'll be like, Ah, you, 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 you <laughs> there now? So you better speak up. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's what it is. A jewel I got early in my career from Dream Hampton mm. is to not make music for the ladies. 
And I didn't really understand mm-hmm. it when she said it, but I get it now. What she was pushing back on is the idea that as a rapper, I'm going to be like, yo, this song is for the club and this one's for the ladies and it's going to change the way I approach making music. When she's like, me as a female hip-hop fan, mm. I'm attracted to hip-hop for the same reasons you, you are. are. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. because I'm a woman doesn't mean I need to hear stuff about women, women or picking up women or being in a relationship. Like, I like to nod my head to the hard shit just like you do. That's real. And that changed the way that I made my music. Mm-hmm. I, I caught flack for it because I did an interview about the new Black Star album that we're working on. And Woo-hoo. I, you know, with Mad Lips. I need to be to a Mad part Lips. of that. Hey, you know, we could, I could play, if you got time, I'll play you some things. Um, but I, I said in the interview, I was like, we didn't make no songs for the women. Now, that doesn't mean we're not talking about love or relationship mm-hmm. at all. But we didn't approach it like, this one's for the ladies. You know what I'm saying? I love how you say ladies. That's, how, that's what happens when you make songs for the women. Yeah. You start talking about, this is something special for, for the, the ladies. ladies. <laughs> be like, you turn into Ma- Montel Jordan. Sexy like, voice something yeah, for the honeys. <laughs> it's something for the honeys. Um, that's real though. Yeah, I mean, you're answering my question when you say that's real, but that's mm-hmm. what I was about to ask you, how you felt about that. Yo, completely. Like, mm-hmm. when I don't go looking for like, all right, where the girl record for me? Right, it's like, right. nah, like, oh, right. it's the harsh shit. Knock. Yeah, like, me and Misa Hilton had become good friends mm-hmm. and- seen the work she did on that video too oh yeah Ooh. man oh, what man. no matter how you create whether it's in fashion the video or whatever for Oprah, right she did Oprah and Ibtahaj yeah man yeah go watch those videos if you haven't seen them mm-hmm. they're incredible the direction the art direction the clothes the embracement of the, the embrace of black womanhood the Oprah video this is there like one dude in the video like just yeah. the homeless dude that's the it. homeless dude yeah that's, that's it. it it's just black women it's crazy <laughs> But keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but um, like we become good friends, and she just tells me stories, and she talked about how much like her and Mary love Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we know how hard Wu Tang they mm-hmm. they make no records for no right. ladies. You got like, on the album. Yeah, like that's that's what women love. Like mm-hmm. you know, why you think they like Lil Kim's because she was hardcore. Right, like yes. you know, so she's like female Biggie energy. Exactly. Um. So I mean, that's what it is. Like we just want dope music. Mm-hmm. Like 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 like. I'm, just, I'm sorry. Like, I flash back to your Charlemagne interview when he was like, "Yo, when when she come on, like when the Lil Kim record comes on, she starts talking about sucking dicks. You feel a way." <laughs> <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? He's always talking about sucking dicks. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Keep going. I forgot about that. That's my dude. Love. Yeah, shout out to Charlamagne, also a North Carolina dude. Straight oh, wow. up. No, South Carolina. South Carolina, excuse me. Yeah. Um, no, I don't love them. No, I'm <laughs> We I'm separate over here. Right. We, we cousins. That's right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just what it is. Like, you know, I don't want no... Man, I don't want no. I just want dope music, mm-hmm. yo. And we like that joint that knock. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't go in and make records like, oh, this is for the fellas, right. you know. This one's and for I'm the a fellas. woman, but <laughs> I gotta rap hard right. for the fellas. Like, no, nah, I just go rap, bro. Mm-hmm. And the fellas like it because right. it's dope. So That's it's same right. same thing for females. Mm-hmm. You know, you see, you see what the women are listening to. They mm-hmm. They like that thug and all that. You mm-hmm. know, that ain't- That's what I think I really like about the energy from like the Oprah video and certain things. It's like mm-hmm. y'all and then like like the poem at the end, just the ownership of this is a fucking hip hop record. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a hip hop record. It's no compromise. None. But it's all women. Mm-hmm. And it's feminine energy, but it's still hard though. Right. Don't I, s- a lot of guys love that album. Mm-hmm. A lot, you know. Going into it, I was like, hmm, it was just a thought. Like, I wonder how, like, men are going to be able to, are they going to take it or relate to it? Are they going to even want to check it out? Because is it going to be like, oh, this for women? Mm-hmm. They, I think more men listen to it than women some days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's 
it's just they just vibe to it because it's dope right and i and that's what i appreciate it like guys like yo i love that iman record yo mm-hmm. oprah is crazy like a feeny like oh, that video you know was I mean? amazing too yeah like nina is just like bad mm-hmm. and white guys Mm-hmm. I there was I toured with Crit and you know a lot of white shout guys. Out to Big Crit too. You mentioned him earlier. And I meant to give yeah. him a shout out. He's one of the greatest working artists right now. Without a doubt, like a lot of white guys would uh, would dap me up and be like, "Yo, thank you for this record. I have a black girlfriend. It makes me appreciate her more. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this record. I learned so much about women in this record. And mm-hmm. you know, I get messages. It's like I know you didn't specifically make this for me, mm-hmm. but I love this album. They and I think that yeah, yeah, they it's open like themselves up. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look up who Maya Angelou is. I'm gonna look up who Fanny Shakur right. is. I'm learning from this. Mm-hmm. So. Um, to take it back a little bit, Biggie Smalls called himself. He owned Fat Black and ugly, um, he flipped the power of those words much like black people flip the word nigga. Right. You have this record, Black and Ugly. Right. The record is about not fitting into sort of Western standards. That's how mm-hmm. I took it. Western standards of beauty. Um, how important is it for black artists, particularly black women artists, to publicly love our bodies and ourselves? Man, it's so important because it's important for our community and for the the children that are watching mm-hmm. you know what i mean like if we start you know falling victim to trying to live up to a european standard of beauty that is a false narrative for mm-hmm. us you know we we start to lose ourselves you know what i mean and that's where you you have problems with you know i want to lighten my skin you mm-hmm. know i don't you there's times you have fun with your hair wear weave yeah, color right. it every day you but be able to do that. when it's you don't want to wear the weave and you wear your natural love that, that too, be and, good too. Yeah, yeah and that's what it's about it's, it's showing that no you are beautiful as you are um everybody else want to look like you so that's why right. not you know people getting tan people getting butt injections mm-hmm. lip injections you know so love yourself um and especially for the kids that are watching you know representation matters um I don't want my niece to grow up and, and look in the mirror and not love herself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and get lost in that. So that's that's what it's about, just owning your own beauty and be like, who who ugly? You ugly. I'm good over here, right. you know. Um, that's and that's what it was. Like Biggie, like you said, Biggie owned that. He became like a sex symbol. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's all in confidence and seeing it in yourself. You got to see it in yourself first before you can find it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Nobody else can do it for you. So. You know, it's it's just important for us to remember that, you know, we are beautiful as we are. Our skin color is beautiful. All right. shades, dark and light skin. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of times, you know, we as on the chocolate end, you know, we like to say how hard we have it too. But our light skin sisters have it hard as well. Mm-hmm. I was having this conversation with my hairdresser and she was like, you know, I know dark skin women have it hard. But, yo, I was called strawberry growing up. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel like, you know... Uh, I belonged anywhere because I was so light skinned. So, you know, on on both ends, you know, we got to just learn to love ourselves and each other. Mm. You know, it's it's just important. And stop with the light skin, dark skin crap when it's like Please. you acting light skin. That is like my biggest pet peeve. And that's what I hope for 2020 that we get away from. Because as you said, 
all spectrums of the of of the black rainbow have to deal with it but it's specifically ones that either or because white the light skin they're saying oh you're not black enough or the dark or you're too dark and it's like we're all black we all are going through the same things at the end of the day yeah and it's just another way to divide at mm-hmm. the end of the day they're gonna divide you over your complexion over your language your religion your tribe if you're in south africa can't divide you over nothing else so it's like oh we can do it with tribes mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know um at, like you say, like we all black at the end of the day, so that's right. We all struggling in some way. Man, rap. This has been so beautiful. Um, I saw you on a DoorDash commercial. Oh yes, love DoorDash. <laughs> I, I like Risotto, fish broth, <laughs> <laughs> milkshake, cube steak, yo, straight like that. I know every time that commercial runs because somebody tweets it to me, <laughs> and I just know I'm caking right now. <laughs> okay, word up. I hope so. We'll no see doubt. what the mailbox say. Check it out. Right, make a check every time. <laughs> Straight up. Now, you also um, kind of nice with The Rock. Man, nah. Nah, I, you're not nice. I used to be. I didn't I done been in a couple celebrity games with mm-hmm. no points. So I don't know if I don't know if the community is going to allow me to say I'm nice. Okay. <laughs> but there was a time I was a killer. Okay. I'm going to get back, though. What lessons do you take from basketball into music? Oh man, basketballs taught me a lot. Because you have a lot of basketball lyrics. Oh yeah, uh, work ethic for one. Um, what you get in, you put out. Like they say, like muscle memory. Mm-hmm. You know, get in and shoot them free throws. Mm-hmm. Where you could do like Michael Jordan and close your eyes mm-hmm. and just know that joint is going in. So you know, when I was playing basketball, a lot of times I was the first one to practice, last one to leave. So mm-hmm. The varsity boys would practice right after us. I would stay in practice with them too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I. To get better, I would challenge myself by practicing against the best. So I love practicing against boys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so I do the same thing in music. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I approach music, I'm I'm like the first one to studio, the last one to leave. I'm mm-hmm. spending the night. If I'm taking a song I did, I'm not comparing it to who's new or beside me. I'm comparing it to Jay and every mm-hmm. other classic album. It's just like where does it fit in that? You know. Um, spectrum of music and lexicon like where does it stand in as legacy and it's just like you ain't you ain't there yet you got to do more you mm-hmm. got to do better um that uh teamwork you know especially being in jam like how to be a leader mm-hmm. you know how to uh pull your teammates up you know how to share the knowledge and wisdom um like with ruben i'm always passing on ninth pass it to me i'm passing it to you mm-hmm. like that's how it goes we don't hold information right we got to give information to each other. Yes. Um, that's that's what it's about being a being a leader too. You know what that what that means. Mm-hmm. You know um, how do you step up for your team? How do you teach? How do you guide? Competitiveness, mm-hmm. boy. Um, to compete, you know, to never never look at yourself. No matter how you, you might be facing a team that's undefeated. You gotta go in there like so, right. so right. you know. If you get on a on a record with Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. so right, like I right. I love you, bro. Mm-hmm. I don't care about how many Grammys you got. Let's mm-hmm. go, right. you know. Um, and I'm sure he approaches everything that he does in the same way. He did. He so. said he was the king of New York once, <laughs> <laughs> and named a bunch of rappers. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's what how he, Kendrick approaches it. Straight. That's how yeah. you supposed to do <laughs> it. Like what? So it's it's all of those things. Like, that's mm. what I learned from basketball that I took into it. And to pray. Man. You, know, you pray before the games, but a prayer every day. No doubt. <laughs> well, I stated when we started this that I couldn't overstate your contribution to the culture. And I think you've given me the words that I couldn't find. 
Um, thank you for coming to the People's Party. Ladies and gentlemen, thank Rhapsody. you for having me. Yeah. Uh, thank you.